Wow, it's so good to be here this morning and especially to just worship God. Um, wow, Caleb, thank you so much. You do an amazing job. <laughs> you know, there's something about just coming in the presence of the Lord. We're not just singing songs, but the reality of the presence of God. Amen? And uh, while well, I was just sitting there, I just felt like, well, like a waterfall. You know, I just felt like God's presence was just coming over me. Uh, today, uh, as I bring God's word to you, um, I don't know what to call this. Uh, because it's not really a message that I have, um, but maybe just a challenge or maybe a motivation, maybe to really push you uh, to do something uh, that's very much in the heart of God. And so today, if you came for a message, uh, you'll be disappointed. Uh, but today, I just feel like as I was doing break, the Holy Spirit uh, put this upon my heart. And, and so I want to just kind of challenge you this morning and, and, and put uh, some um, motivation in your heart regarding what's in the heart of God. And so I'm calling this message, Go. Everybody say, Go. Oh, three people are listening. Um, <laughs> if you bought your mouth with you this morning, uh, come on, look at your neighbor for a moment. Say, Neighbor. Go. Go. They're not listening. <laughs> and so I'm calling this message, Go. And, and, and I'm just going to kind of fill in the blanks for you as we open up the scriptures in a few moments. But let's just pray together this morning as we get into the word of God. Father, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. I thank you, Lord, for your purpose this morning. And more than what I can share and more than what I can talk about, Holy Spirit, that you would release anointing and power, that you would accomplish what is needed in each one of our hearts this morning. Have your way with us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You know, the Bible says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That means give voice to the gospel. That means you and me as believers, we have a voice. And I believe as I study the scriptures, when it looks at this commissioning that is there to go and preach, to go and give voice, that you and me as believers, that you and me as the church, we have, uh, we have what I call a fourfold voice. Number one, we have what I call a redemptive voice. That means that those things that are not in line with God, we are able to bring back and bring in harmony to God. Whether it's people or whether there are systems or things, we have what I call a redemptive voice. It's a voice of reconciliation. It's a voice of realignment. It's a voice of bringing back those things that are far away from God. Number two, you have what I call a moral voice. That means that God has given you standards, that God has given you values, principles in the world to release morality in areas that people need to line up in what pleases God. Whether it's marriage, whether it's family, whether it's finance, whether it's business, you have not only a redemptive voice, but you have a moral voice. There is, a, there, there is a, 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 something that God has that he has set standards to for every area of our life. And so God just doesn't want to do the right thing. He makes sure he wants to do it the right way. 
we have what we call a prophetic voice. And what I mean by that is this, that what is it that God is saying now to me? What is it that God is saying now to you? And number four, you have a humanitarian voice. That means when the Bible says, go and preach the gospel or go and give voice to the gospel is to redeem things, is to bring morality to things, is to have a prophetic voice of what God is saying now and also to meet the practical needs of people of where they are. And so the Bible says, listen, go and preach the gospel. And then it goes on to say, go and make disciples. And so it's not left to apostle, pastors, prophet, teachers. It's the commissioning was to you and me. He says, go and make disciples. And so <laughs> there are three questions that are there. Number one, how are you ministering your gifts and talents to build the kingdom. Here's a question for you. How are you ministering your gifts and talents? I'm not talking about that you become part of church staff and you start, no. I'm just talking about your daily life. How are you ministering your gifts and talents? Number two, who are you mentoring? Who are the people in your life that you recognize that God has put these relationships around me and there is something for me to add value into them. There is something for me to add something into their life. There is something for me to give, to invest in their life. My question to you this morning is, who are you mentoring? I'm not talking about apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher. I'm talking about you and me, the believer. Hello, somebody. Amen. Who are you mentoring? And, and thirdly, how are you multiplying? How are you empowering others to reproduce? Listen, your job is not only to come Sunday morning and, 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 and warm up the chair. Your job is to live out what God has put in. And so there should be no believer. Number one, we should ask the question to you, hey, how are you ministering with your gifts and talents? And how is it building the kingdom? Number two, hey, who are you mentoring? Who are the people in your life that you are actually investing? And how are you multiplying? How are you empowering them to keep reproducing? This is the job of every believer. And so let me just read some verses to you. Of course, I just read Matthew chapter 28, verse 9. It says, go in my authority and make disciples of all nations. <laughs> Luke 14, 23. It says, the master said to the servant, go out in the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. And again, I chose the word go because it's a word of action. It's a word that you have to do something. It's a word that there is momentum. It's a word that there is movement. It's a word that, that something has to be decided and followed through. It says, go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Here's another verse. And, 
and I chose the Message Bible. Sometimes, you know, these translations that are there, I like some of them, like the Passion Message, because they're directly right in your face. Like James chapter number 5, verse 19. Listen to this. My dear friends. Anytime when the Bible says, my dear, beloved, you're about to get slapped. <laughs> my dear friends. If you know people who have wandered off from God's truth, how many of you know people like that? If you know people who have wandered off from God's truth, don't write them off. Go after them. Hello, somebody. Go after them. Get them back, and you will have rescued precious lives from destruction. Listen to this, and prevented an epidemic bigger than the pandemic. An epidemic of wandering away from God. It says to you and me, listen, go to the highways and the byways. Go after those people who have wandered away from God. Go after them. Get them back. What are you doing with those people? What are you doing with those people? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 17 and 18, it says, Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. But all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. That by word and deed, we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. That means, please understand, when you chose to receive salvation, you chose to receive the ministry of reconciliation. That means you are saved to save others. That means as soon as you took that responsibility, you took the responsibility and said, you know what? Hey, just like God brought me back in harmony, I'm going to go after other people and bring them back in harmony with God. Am I making sense to you? I want to say to you, the ministry of Reconciliation, please understand, it did not start with man, it started with God. It's God who began, it's God who initiated, God who modeled it, God who led forward. The Bible says, for he so loved the world that he gave, he became a man. Why? So that he could bring you back in right relationship with the Father. The question is, what are you doing with salvation? What are you doing with salvation? What are you doing with salvation? You know, in the Bible, one of the things that's interesting to me, because we know all the names, you know, in the Bible regarding God, you know, we like Jehovah Jireh, like Jehovah Tiskunu, Rafa, my healer. And we like to talk about all those words, but sometimes we should go and look at all the other labels that people gave. For example, it says about Jesus. Jesus, <laughs> he's a friend of sinners. 
Listen, can I say this to you? Do sinners know you as a friend? Because sometimes we become Christian, we come, everything about us is Christian. Christian computer, Christian house, Christian this, Christian that, everything. A car is also Christian. We put this word, that word, this fish shine, that fish shine. And we don't know anybody. And when we become Christian for some time, you don't even know how to talk to people about Jesus. Because we come to church and we hear all these hi-fi words and, and we become prophetic. All say the same thing. is acceleration, atmosphere shift, change coming, blah, blah, blah. It's around the corner. It's, best. it's all the same jargon. And we learn the language to be in, but, but we have forgot what's on the heart of God. The, uh, what's on the heart of God is lost people. Amen. That's what's on the heart of God. You, you, you know, somebody asked me a question. I was on, uh, I, I was on a, a, a television show about two weeks ago, and, 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 and they had a questioning from the audience, and the question was something like this. It says, Do you think God will heal me? I said, do you know Jesus? That lady, I asked the question, do you know Jesus? <laughs> She said, no, I don't. I said, number one, because you don't know Jesus, let me tell you something, you are privileged. Because if there is a believer, God will bypass the believer. <laughs> and go to somebody that does not know and he will make sure that you get healed. <laughs> Why? Because on his heart is lost people. A am I making sense? To you? I say, lady, come here. Let me pray for you. I don't need faith. <laughs> Why? Because, listen, on God's heart is lost people. Am I making sense to you? I say, lady, what is your problem? She said, well, I just been diagnosed with a, 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 to do a liver transplant. And, and, and I really don't want to go through it. I said, no problem. Let me pray for you. I prayed for her. I didn't feel any anointing. Didn't feel warm, cold, this, vision, dream, word of knowledge. Didn't. I just said, no problem, lady. I pray for you because you are on God's heart. I laid hands on her. I said, in Jesus' name, be healed. I said, go check with your doctor. <laughs> Two days later, she went check. One week later, she went check. Two weeks again, and just yesterday she said, she said, three times I checked, they said I no longer need liver transplant. I, I, said, I said, listen, uh, but, but the important thing is, hey, do you know Jesus? <laughs> I said, do you know who did this for you? Do you know why he did it? And I had a privilege to lead her to the Lord. What, what, the reason I'm saying that is what's on the heart of God is lost people. Am I making sense? People who are not in harmony with God, people who are not give their lives for God, they are on the heart of God. What are you doing about them? What are you doing about them? What are you doing about them? Because, please understand, we are living in times. We don't know how everything is getting redefined. But what is not getting redefined is this, that the priority to God is still people. And the priority to God is to bring people in right relationship with Him.
And so today I just want to challenge you. Go. Go to the highways and byways. I want to challenge you. Go. Those people who have wandered from God, those people who have wandered away from truth, go after them. Get them back. You have God backing you. Isn't it amazing when the Bible says, I am with you always? That was not said just for a nice thing. When you are fearful. That was said for the commissioning. Go into all the world. Listen, you're not by yourself. I'm with you. Am I making sense to you? And so I want to say to you this morning, listen, I'm not here to preach. I am here just to challenge you, to tell you, listen, you must go. In my life, there have been some defining moments, uh, probably about six or seven I can look back to when I was 28, I had a defining moment in my life. When I was about 31, I had a defining moment. And, and I could look back and that, that there was those times and years that something significant happened because something shifted in my heart. Something shifted in the direction. And, and a few years ago, I had a, a defining moment. I, I met this guy, Dave Ferguson, and, and both brothers. And, and it really shifted something because they were uh, brothers who, who uh, started a church uh, they had about 80, 90 people in their church and, and, and tried to do evangelism and tried to do all this kind of stuff and never grew the church. Frustrated. They went through all the evangelism classes and blah, 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 tried everything. They, they, they used to print postcards. They used to, you know, go do, you know, needs of the community. They did all this kind of stuff and, and just the church would never grow. And anyway, by the time I met them, was was, was sometime later and and... And they were just frustrated. And they went before the guy. He said, maybe I'm not called. Maybe I'm not called to pastor. Maybe I'm not called to blah, 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 and all, all this kind of stuff. And, and suddenly the Lord spoke to them and dropped something in their spirit. And, and they began to exercise that. And they began to walk in that. And they began to carry that out. And then suddenly the whole church went from almost 60, 80 people to about now 22,000 people. And what they did was very simple. And I'm going to talk about it in just a few moments and pass it on to you. Uh, and, and they actually wrote a book called also uh, about it. They say, you know what? We are going to equip everybody in the church. The 60 people that we have, we are going to equip them to go. <laughs> equip them to evangelize. And so basically they came out with this principle that I'm going to take it and I'm going to add my stuff to it and I'm going to pass it on to you right now. Can I do that? Just for a few moments, just simple. Because please understand, my dad used to say, the Bible is so simple, you need help to misunderstand it. And so don't make things complicated, make it simple. Amen? And, and, and so, so as they were praying, both the brothers, the Lord dropped this word in there called, bless people. Bless people. What does that mean? Number one, B, it means to begin with prayer. And so the question is very simple. Who are you praying for that is lost? Do you have a prayer list for lost people? Do you daily take time out to pray for lost people? Some of you need to go home today and make a list. Who are the people? And don't just include your family members. But who are the people in your that are lost, that you would take time? Maybe it's every morning as soon as you get up in the morning, or maybe it's morning and evening before you go to bed. Begin with prayer. Let me ask you this question. 
How many of you are praying for lost people daily? How many of you are praying for lost people by name? Sometimes we like to throw out a net. Lord, I pray, bless Japan. <laughs> Japan is getting blessed, your neighbor is going to hell. <laughs> you understand? Like, like, start praying specifically by write a list out. You should never be found without a prayer list of lost people on it. Am I making sense to you? Lost people. Make a list, plan for it, of lost people. Pray for the lost, specifically. When one of my friends, he, um, he, he one day, uh, he used to work in our office and, and, and things like that, and, 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 and they lived in a building um, where it is 16 floors and about three houses in each, you know, so there were 48 houses. One day, as he was, him and his wife just, he was in administration, uh, he used to do all our address for the office and, and things like that. And one day as he's going back home, as he normally did, he lived in that building for a long, long time. Um, he was just standing by the lift, because in that building there are names of people. It just has names of who all lives in, you know, 203, 206, 204, whatever, you know. This is but something, when he looked that day, something grabbed him. He said, you know what, I don't know any of my neighbors. And so he quickly took out his phone, took a picture of it, went back uh, to his house, and, and he said to his wife, you know what, we are going to pray specifically. We don't know any of these people. We're going to start praying all the people in our building. And so he and his wife prayed for over two, three months every day. They would get up in the morning every night. They start praying for everybody in their building by name. And then after three months, they said, you know what? Every week what we are going to do is that we are going to bring, invite somebody to our house just for dinner. We just go knock on the door, tell them we live in this. Can you come for dinner? And so they did that for over six months. And in over a year time, out of the 48 houses there, 41 gave their lives to the Lord. So they said, hey, this works great. There's a building next door. So they go to the next building. They take a picture, go back, start praying by name, start calling them for dinner. Next building, over 21 people, 21 houses give their lives to the Lord. They said, there's another building. They're in administration, never preached, never pastored, never this. Now they have like six churches with over 4,000 people. What happened? They went. <laughs> they went. Listen, begin with prayer. Number two, listen. Listen, of all the 153 questions that Jesus asked, very few he gave answers to. He listened to people. Problem is in today's day, we become so divisive, so uh, offensive, so, uh, you know, we don't. Listen, sometimes just close your mouth and listen. You don't have to have an opinion for everything. You don't have to respond to everything. Sometimes just listen to the community, listen to your name, listen to what's going on in people's lives. Sometimes the greatest gift you can give somebody is to listen to them. 
Am I making sense to you? Number three, eat. It's amazing how many times in the Bible Jesus went to some, hey, I'm coming to eat. What does that mean? This means simple. It means that every week you've got 21 opportunities to eat with somebody. Every week, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Every week you got 21 opportunities. Who are you going to eat with? Eat with some people who are lost. Because there is something happens over dinner, something happens over food that people open up. Maybe after church, don't go with the same people you've been going for the last six months. Eating the same thing. Talking about the same stuff. Go with some lost people. Take some, listen, people will not turn down free food. Go to your neighbor, hey, I want to take you out for lunch. Hey, come over to my house for lunch or dinner. Hey, come over to my house for breakfast. People will not turn down free food. Sometimes eat with people. Am I making sense? <laughs> he says, eat, listen, serve people. What is it that you can do to practically meet the needs of the people around you? Don't point them to church. Don't bring people to church. Bring them to Christ first. Then bring them to church. Sometimes we throw off the responsibility. Well, I'll just take them to church. Let them do it. No. You need to go. Am I making sense? You need to go. And, and, and lastly, storytelling. You need to be able to tell your story. Have a one-minute version. Have a five-minute version. And have a lunch version. <laughs> no when to... You don't have to tell the whole thing and it was rainy and, and this happened and, and the person invited me and then suddenly I... I don't do all the drama. <laughs> Am I making sense to you? Have a short version. All, all, all I want to do this morning for you is this. I feel very burdened in my heart this morning to just tell you, go. People are needy. People are open. People are hungry. People want Jesus. Don't listen to all the foolishness. The Bible says this, lift up your eyes and see the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is ready. It's all around you. You've got to do something. My time is up, but I'm going to read something. And, and if you've ever been to any preaching class 101, what I'm about to do, you should never do. But I don't know how to else to do it. So I'm glad Pastor Yang is not here. <laughs> so I'm going to do it. And, and, and so for those that are doing the slides, I'm just going to read and you can show the slide. So I'm just going to read a short. There's about four slides. I'm just going to read it. Okay? And so don't ever do this. But I wanna, don't know how else to do it except to read it for you. So is it okay? Huh? You can take pictures, they want to put it up on the thing back there. And so, let me read this for you, okay? Before I read, come on, look at your neighbor for a moment. Say, neighbor, this message is not for me. This is for you. So pay attention. <coughs> okay, let me read the real problem. Let me read, let me read. Okay, here's, here's, here's it. 
Now it came to pass that a group existed who called themselves fishermen. And lo, there were many fish in the waters all around. In fact, the whole area was surrounded by streams and lakes filled with fish, and the fish were hungry. Week after week, month after month, year after year, these who called themselves fishermen met in meetings and talked about their call to fish, the abundance of fish, and how they might go about fishing. Year after year, they carefully defined what fishing means, defended fishing as an occupation, and declared that fishing is always to be the primary task of fishermen. Continually, they searched for new and better methods of fishing and for new and better definitions of fishing. Further, they said the fishing industry exists by fishing as fire exists by burning. They love slogans as fishing is the task of every fisherman. Every fisherman is a fisher and fisherman's outpost for every fisherman's club. They sponsored special meetings called Fisherman's Campaign and the month for fishermen to fish. <coughs> they sponsored costly nationwide and worldwide congresses to discuss fishing and to promote fishing. And here are all the ways fishing, such as the new fishing equipment, fish calls, and whether any new bait was discovered. These fishermen built large and beautiful buildings called fishing headquarters. The plea was that everyone should be a fisherman and every fisherman should fish. One thing they didn't do, however, they didn't fish. In addition to meeting regularly, they organized a board to send out fishermen to other places where there were many fish. All the fishermen seemed to agree that what is needed is a board which could challenge fishermen to be faithful in fishing. The board was formed by those who had great vision and courage to speak about fishing, to define fishing, and to promote the idea of fishing in faraway streams and lakes where there many other fish of different colors lived. Also, the board hired staff and appointed committees and held many meetings to define fishing, to defend fishing, to decide what new streams could be thought about. But the staff and committee members did not fish. Large and elaborate and expensive training centers, Bible school, I mean, were built <laughs> whose original and primary purpose was to teach fishermen how to fish. Over the years, courses were offered on the needs of the fish, the nature of the fish, where to find fish, the psychological reactions of the fish, and how to approach and feed fish. Those who taught had doctorates in fishology. <laughs> but the teachers did not fish. They only taught fishing. Year after year, after tedious training, many graduated and were given fishing license. They were sent to do full-time fishing. I got two more slides. Some spent much study and travel to learn the history of revival, I mean, history of fishing. <laughs> and to see faraway places where the founding fathers did great fishing in centuries past. They lauded the faithful fishermen of years before who handed down the idea of fishing. Further, the fishermen built large printing houses to publish fishing guides. Presses were kept busy day and night to produce material solely devoted to fishing methods, fishing equipment, programs to arrange and encourage meetings to talk about fishing. A speaker's bureau was also provided to schedule special speakers 
on the subject of fishing. After one stirring meeting on the necessity for fishing, one young man left the meeting and went fishing. <laughs> the next day he reported he had caught two outstanding fish. He was honored for his excellent catch and scheduled to visit all the big meetings possible to tell how he did it. So he quit his fishing in order to have time to tell about the experience to the other fishermen. He was also placed on the fisherman's general board as a person having some experience. Imagine how hurt somewhere when one day a person suggested that those who didn't catch fish were really not fishermen, no matter how much they claim to be. Yet it did sound correct. Is a person a fisherman if year after year he never catches a fish? Is one following if he isn't fishing? Hello, somebody. Are you fishing? Are you really following? Just come and follow me, Jesus said. Are you really? I don't have a message for you this morning. I have a push that I want to say on the heart of God is lost people. On the heart of God, what God's heart is beating for is those who are far away from him. What's beating on the heart of God, that's the number one priority. We talk about fish, we buy books about fish, we oh, but we have never fished. And I want to say to you, listen, don't let a day go by without fishing. That's the primary function of a believer. If any man is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. He's become new and he's been given the ministry of reconciliation. Would you stand with me this morning? Today I pray that beyond my words, that the Holy Spirit would grab hold of your heart. That your heart would beat with the heart of God for the lost. That you would go, that you would put some action, put some plan in your life. You begin with prayer. That you begin to list out people that you know, whether it's the person at the bank that you visit, whether it's the post office, whether it's the grocery store that you meet, that you would start taking their names right and praying for them daily. That you'd go fishing. That you not leave it to the church, but you take personal responsibility. My question is, how are you ministering? My question is, who are you mentoring? My question is, how are you multiplying? Father, I done what you put in my heart for this service. I pray, oh God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you take over. Take over. And Lord, I pray that every person in here, they would stir their heart to action. I pray. That 
that we would take the preciousness of the good news and not be selfish with it, but to give it away. Holy Spirit, have your way right now. I would encourage you wherever you are standing, something the Lord is saying, something the Lord, then respond to God. Make a commitment to the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom and revelation. Understand, how do I go forward? How do I really put this as priority? Put some action. You've just listened to a production of Cornerstone Community Church. Please note that all unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or sale of the recording is prohibited. For permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.